It is Friday, December 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Bills reclaim first place on Thursday Night Football. And college football championship week is here. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Buffalo Bills dominate the New England Patriots to get their first AFC East win of the season. College football championship week begins tonight. But AJ, let's start with the NFL action. Yeah, this was, I think maybe something's happened here because a month ago, everyone was saying, Bills are the best team. There's not even a close second place. This mm-hmm. is this is everyone else the, eliminated. Yeah, this is one of the most dominant teams in history. Fast forward four or five games, and Buffalo is a three and a half point favorite against the Patriots. Who most people would say the Patriots are an average team. I think mm-hmm. the Patriots probably are an average team. I get there's a home field, but the Bills last night looked like the best team in the league. I'm not saying that they certainly are. I'm saying I think there's been an overreaction to short-term results Mm -hmm. because the Bills, on their best day, the Bills are better than anyone. You know, it's amazing. There's so much steam that came in on this game. The line opened up with the Bills as a a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and then it goes all the way down to three-and-a-half, and I just didn't understand it. I know there were rumors about several Bills players being under the weather. Did anyone look sick no last one, night? No one looked fluey to me. If anything, they looked Jordan fluey. Yeah. <laughs> the 55-point Jordan flu game. It didn't look like anything that might have been affecting the, the Bills affected them last night. And what we continue to see is, well, at least from the Patriots' perspective, that they're not a team that's going to win by scoring a ton of points. When they, they win by defense, when they have allowed – 17 or more points in a game this season, they have not won a football game. It sounds, it's kind of like that Carolina sounds, Panthers. I was say, it sounds like yeah. the Panthers. But that's that's the reality here. And if you went into this game thinking that you were going to hold the Buffalo Bills to under 17 points, well, good luck. Well, and since Tom Brady left, the Patriots have averaged 14 points a game against the Bills. It's very difficult to win games against the Buffalo Bills scoring 14 points a game. They are now 1-5 and five against Buffalo, and that one win was the wind game last year where mm-hmm. the Patriots, what, what, they throw three passes in the yeah. entire game? I mean, it's just not a rest. You, your, your offense has to be better. You saw last night. Mac Jones barking at Matt oh, Patricia all over Twitter. Yeah. Everyone reading his lips. Run the effort or throw, throw the, the freaking ball. ball. The, the run, run game, game effing sucks. Sucks. I, I mean, and, and that's he's why not Bailey Zappi is going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> next week. Bill Belichick is not going to like that. He's not wrong. Uh, I think honestly, there's the frustration that's going to be building amongst Patriots fans. I think a lot of it is going to be directed at the coaching staff because it's Mac Jones is is. You know, he's a second-year player. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't a, a top-five draft pick. This is a guy who's a – he's, if anything, in year one, he totally exceeded expectations. And right now, he's 
he's probably about where he should be, to be honest. Yeah. So you can call it a sophomore slump, but it's basically he was so good last year right. that a natural regression was only it was only expected. But it ha- you have to look at this coaching situation and say. We've we've had one of the best play callers in the NFL for the last several seasons, Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. and we replaced him with a guy who's never been well, an offensive what, play caller. It's not working. This, Let's wasn't do something this different. The concern about the Patriots heading to the season. It's the reason why when we picked our unders and overs, yes. we went under on them. It's but, the reason why I even said go alternate under on the Patriots, which is in doubt right now. But still, the reason being is because their offense. They, they have a defensive guy calling plays. The other option uh, is a guy who was a, a special teams coach that was a terrible head coach for the New York Giants and Joe Judge. So it, it was just a matter of time before all the warts showed it, for the Patriots. You're right. But there was always that, it, like, whatever you said about the Patriots, they can't do this or this isn't going to work. There was always the trump card of, you're going to question Bill Belichick, and that, and how many times did you know RJ come over the top with that when we yeah. were looking at the Patriots and we were picking against them on the Dream Pod, and it was you can't go against the genius, you can't go against the genius. Well, he's only going to steal so many wins just because he's Bill Belichick. It yeah, it doesn't work long term. Just showing up, it, we talk about you can't just roll out the helmet, you can't just roll out the hoodie. And, and say, well, I look at me. I'm in a cutoff hoodie. I'm, I'm, I'm the best. I, we're gonna win. Doesn't work that way. Now, I will say this: the the Patriots get a little bit of a reprieve in their schedule for the next couple weeks. Road trip, but it's at Arizona and at Vegas. So a couple winning, winnable games that could get the Patriots to eight wins. Then the last three games of the season: home Bengals, home Dolphins, at Buffalo. If you want to make the playoffs, you're going to have to steal at least one of those games. And one of those games probably has to be the Dolphins game because that's probably who you're competing for a playoff spot with. I don't know. It, it, the thing is, at 6-6 six and six now, the Chargers are ahead of them. The Jets are ahead of them. And now, if they tie with the Jets, they have to head-to-head. But don't the Chargers feel like a better team? Much better. Yeah. I mean, that's where I stand. It's like it, it, I, I just have a hard time seeing this Patriots team as a real playoff threat. What helps them is that okay, so the Colts are behind them at 4-7-1, and and then the Jaguars and the Raiders are there. It's going to come down to, I think, if the, right now, the Bengals, I think, are a much better team. So I think the Bengals are a playoff team, the Dolphins are a playoff team, the Jets might fall out of that seventh spot, but the Chargers will slide right in, and I don't see the Patriots being able to get that seventh seed. Yeah, I think it's an uphill climb for sure. Um, Again, yeah, I don't believe in the Jets, but every other team, I believe in more than the Patriots, including Absolutely. the Chargers. Absolutely. So uh, it's, it, I think, given the talent that they've got, going eight and nine or nine and eight isn't necessarily like a, an indictment of the Patriots. But they've had lesser rosters before, mm-hmm. and their play calling's been good enough to to keep them afloat. I mean, remember the year that. They went. They just barely missed the playoffs with Matt Castle at quarterback. Yeah. Like it's, they've done this before, and I don't know if there was a single season where you looked, you looked at the Patriots during their dynasty run. I mean, looked at the Patriots and said, you know what, they've got the best fifty-three man roster in the league. Well, I, I, I don't know that they did. Even it, the year they went six, sixteen and zero, I don't know that they did. Is there? Well, they went the year that was an incredible year. Randy, right? Moss but was, but yeah. was it was it without doubt the best roster? I mean, did they, they have the best quarterback? Good. And the best sure. wide receiver. Yeah. And great defensive players. Anyway, forget about that team. Let's talk about this team. And here's a serious question. In any game, do the Patriots line up 
And can you say the best player on the field is on the Patriots? Mm. Against the Dolphins, the answer is no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run through their whole schedule, okay? Again, oh, in the remaining games. I'm going to say mean. just in, in the entire season. Oh. Patriots play the Dolphins. I would say Tyreek Hill is the best football player on the field, okay. right? Not on, not on the Patriots. Steelers, Watts the best player on the well, field. Well, he wasn't on the field that day. So, okay, even Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. There's no player on the Patriots that's better than Minka Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. Okay. With the Ravens, <laughs> Lamar. With the Packers, it's Rodgers. With the Lions. That's that's where the debate comes in. Would Amon Ross St. Brown be the number one wide receiver on the Patriots? Yes. Okay. But does that mean Would he'd DeAndre be... Swift be the starting running back on the Patriots? Yes. Would, I don't know, Jeff Okuda or somebody else in that secondary start on this Patriots defense? Sure. Probably. Okay. The Browns, <laughs> Nick Chubb. The Bears, Justin Fields is better than Mac Jones. Yeah. Okay. With the Jets. Jets got some tremendous skill position players. Yeah, but like there's got they've got Matt Judon's a, a great player. I, I, you know, I, I understand. Maybe I'm thinking more offensively, but to, to me, I just look at this roster and I think that in every single game that they play, you can ne- you can't say that they what they have the best player on the field. Here's what I think you're you're saying, and and I, I certainly agree with you on this side. On the offensive side of the ball. You say, who's that playmaker? Who's that guy who's going to go get you get you the big run, don't get you the it. big catch? They don't have it. They don't have one. You're right. And they don't have a quarterback who can do things with his legs. So you're right. Uh, most of their talent is either on the defensive side of the ball or on their offensive line. And that's – but you know what? Again, the Patriots have done that for a long time. Mm-hmm. There was Tom Brady, and they'd surround him with a couple, you know – Scrubby yeah, wide receivers. You can do that with junk yard running backs. You can't do it with Mac Jones. I agree. No, you can't. So Patriots fall to six and six. The Bills, though, they reclaim first place in the AFC East and, at nine and three. And the Bills are a Kansas City Chiefs loss away from reclaiming the number one seed. And of course, Kansas City a short favorite against the Bengals this weekend. Let's run through the schedule here for Sunday, week 13. Sunday, in the Sunday, NFL. Sunday. One day only. Monster, 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 Grave Digger. Right? That was the name of the big monster yeah. truck, Grave Digger. Big foot. <laughs> uh, come down to the Civic Center. Tickets are on sale. Uh, <laughs> let's go with the Steelers and the Falcons. Steelers are short favorite. AJ, this is an interesting game because there was a line flip in this one. Yeah, I, I feel like the Falcons have maybe been solved a little bit. The, the run-heavy offense was perplexing to teams early. Marcus Mariota was like a, 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 di- a difference maker for a team that didn't really have a lot of offensive talent. But it seems like the, the league has kind of caught on to them, and it's not as effective in the second half of the season. And Pittsburgh, fifth in the league in defensive DVOA in the games that T.J. Watt plays, third against the run. So they've been fantastic when he's on the field, even against the run. We, we know him as a pass rusher. He makes a massive difference against the run. And then in the last three games, Pickett's played, or in the, excuse me, in, in the last three games, Pickett has played three of his four best QBR games of the season. So Kenny Pickett's starting to find his rhythm. Mariota hasn't had a 200-yard game since October. And the Falcons only wins in their last six games over a hapless Bears defense and a hapless Panthers offense. I, I like the Steelers here. The Packers take on the Bears and Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Justin Fields was a full participant in practice yesterday. Do you expect to see him out there on Sunday? I I mean, the line says that he will. Um, I I still don't understand why the Bears would do that, why they would take any kind of risks with that guy. But 
the the Packers historically have just dominated this series, and it, you know the Bears now Darnell Mooney, their their best wide receiver this season, is done for the season. So if Fields comes back, his weapons are limited, the defense is limited, uh, and just Aaron Rodgers' history against the Bears, even with Fields playing, I, you can't get me to back Chicago with Aaron Rodgers' injury though. And even if Fields plays, you know the game script is going to be to run the ball. Do we think the under could be the play here because maybe the Packers just rely on their running game? Well, I think that's probably a smart move. And you saw the Packers ran the ball really effectively last week against the Eagles, who are a a bad run defense. There's really everything's bad about this Bears team. Mm -hmm. I I do think if Rodgers plays, he knows how to pick apart these Bears. I think you'll see some of that. And no but, Eddie Jackson for Chicago yeah. in the secondary is absolutely going to hurt them. Yeah, I, I think I don't want to touch this game until I have all the information. Sure. And I don't think we'll get all the information until Sunday. All right, we move on. The Jaguars and the Lions. Game down to a pick em now. And, and it was Jaguars as a favorite. I on the Dream Pod was all over the Lions. It was so. Lions as a favorite the other day too. Yeah, it's, so it's flipped it, around. It, it's been yeah, it's been flipping, which is crazy. But I'm going to take credit for moving the line oh. from the Jaguars to the Lions as a pick'em. <laughs> I I say if the bill if the uh, the Lions had held off the Bills and the Ravens had held off the Jags, Lions are two and a half point. Favorites. I think at least two and a half. I yeah. think it might be pushing three at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So, but because those two results, it's an overreaction. Which were, you know, coin flippy results, and maybe in in the Lions' case, maybe even a, a a bad a bad luck result. Well, no, I mean, well, the Jaguars was at, more was luckier than the than the Lions. I, so I or than the uh, Lions beating and losing to the Bills. And I it, it the the Lions would be riding a four game win streak right now. Yeah. And over the last four games, the Lions are eleventh in defensive DVOA. First eight weeks of the season, they were thirty second. The defense, which was killing them early in the season, it it's not great. But it's above average, mm-hmm. and if you've got an above average defense and the Lions offense has been good all year, yeah. you're going to be a, a solid team. And this Lions team, I believe under Campbell, they are not going to quit fighting. I like the Lions this week. So do I. The Jets take on the Vikings in Minnesota with the Vikings as a three-point favorite in a game that doesn't really make a lot of sense, AJ. This is a disrespectful line to the Vikings. The Vikings are one of the few teams in the league that I think warrant a full three-point home field advantage. Yes. So at home. Two and a half at the least. Okay. At home, they're saying the Jets. Are even. With a third-string quarterback Mm -mm. are even. I don't believe that is the case. So, I th- I think there's there's too much there's too much of an overreaction to Mike White. Uh-huh. We saw this last year. Sure. Mike White had a good game, and then Mike White turned into a pumpkin because that's what Mike White really is is a pumpkin. So I I don't think that he's going to suddenly just be you know running it up every week, putting up these huge numbers. I don't think the Jets' offense is suddenly great because Zach Wilson isn't running it. They don't have a running game, which is was really the key to their offense early in the season. I, I think the receivers are a little bit better. The defense is good, but listen, Sauce Gardner is gonna—he's gonna have to slow down Justin Jefferson. And Adam Thielen has shown up all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. T.J. Hawkinson has gotten involved. I think the Vikings are starting to get underrated. I, I think that's what we're starting. Yeah, everyone's to see that. a fraudulent record. They're not as good as the record says they are. They were one of the luckiest teams in the NFL. No, this Vikings team is good, and at home, 
it was the same line. It's basically the same spread as it was against the Patriots the two, on Thanksgiving. The, the two teams that have beat the Vikings are the two quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Yeah. I don't think Mike White belongs in that conversation. Yeah, the Jets have been better. I like the over in this game because the Jets have been scoring points, 28 points per game with Mike White as the starting quarterback, and I think the Vikings will be able to score with their offensive weapons. A divisional battle in uh, MetLife Stadium, the Commanders and the Giants. Washington down to a one-point favorite, so a lot of steam coming in on the New York Giants. Yeah, I thought this line was a little bit off to begin with. I, I, I think that these two teams are close to even, maybe the commanders a little bit better, but I didn't think it warranted being two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Giants. I, I, I get the the recent results mm-hmm. have been better for the, the the commanders. I keep wanting to say the, that other word. Yeah, I know. Uh, don't, don't, don't say it. Call it the R word. But I think when you, when you look at the, the overall big picture – these two teams' resumes are about the same, and I, I don't think there's anything there that says, "Hey, we should we should be loving the Commanders here." 22nd in DVOA, and that's with Heineke. Heineke is the second worst QBR quarterback in the league this year. I know everybody's like, "Oh, they're killing it with Heineke. He's, he's a he's monster a winner. He's, he's a winning winner. game." But how long can how long is that a, a recipe for 11, success? Two and one ATS in his last. 14 starts, 7-0-1 ATS in his last eight starts. I'm a lot more I'm a lot more open to them as basically a pick'em or a one-point sure. favorite than I was to them two and a half on the road. That that just seemed absurd to me. Uh and I I'm bummed I didn't get into it yet. I'm, I'm maybe I'll find a one and a half still, but that I didn't tease the Giants. Oh, like the, I did? Yeah. The Giants feel like the most teasable <laughs> play on the board, honestly, at, when they were at two, two and, and a half. half yeah. yeah, I already did that. But it's it's ironic because I did tease the Giants up to eight and a half, but Washington was that my was your favorite, play. favorite play on the Dream Pod. No, also ironic is I'm the one who told You're you to tease the Giants, to and I didn't do it myself. <laughs> Dope. Uh, there is a trend here that makes me love the Commanders to win this game. It's 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 a team playing a divisional game before their bye, and since 2013, those teams are 48 and 17 against That's the strong. spread. That includes six and zero oh this season. The examples: the Texans won their only game in a divisional game against the Jaguars. Uh, before the bye, the Raiders lost by one to the Chiefs. The, the Eagles beat the Cowboys. 49ers blew out the Rams. The Browns beat the Bengals outright on Halloween. The Jets beat the Bills prior to their bye. This is a divisional game prior to a bye. That's the reason why I picked Washington. We move on. The Titans and the Eagles line is now down to Eagles four and a half. Yeah, I think something's wrong with the Eagles. I think I don't know if it was just kind of the the hangover after they finally lost their unbeaten season. I think they could just be tired. They're one and three ATS over their last four, uh, and they've particularly struggled to stop the run. 25th per DVOA against the run over that stretch, and that's been against three teams in the bottom 10 of run blocking per PFF, and then one average team in Washington uh, in run blocking. They now go against this, this Titans attack behind a top 10 offensive line for run blocking. And if you're tired, you don't want to line up across from the Titans. I also love Mike Vrabel as a dog. Vrabel is a dog of a field goal or more. 21-7 and seven ATS, yeah. 19 outright wins in those games. Yeah, they, they, they are incredible as an underdog. And... You know, the Eagles' run defense with Derrick Henry, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. The Broncos take on the Ravens in Baltimore. This spread now at Ravens laying eight and a half. 
I just don't get it. I don't think the Ravens offense should be favored by nearly double digits at this point when all they've done is play win and lose close games. And the Broncos, as terrible as they are on offense, and they are terrible, they're not a team that team, nobody's blowing this team out. Yeah. It's just not happening. Last week was the first game all season the Broncos lost by double digits. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not getting punked out by these teams. Their defense is still elite. And the Ravens, their offense in the first three weeks versus the rest of the season is night and day. First three weeks, they were number one offensive DVOA and passing DVOA. Since then, 14th overall, 25th in passing. Ravens 3-6 and six ATS as a favorite. And Russ, 66% ATS as a dog in his life, has never failed to cover as a dog of seven or more wow. in well, his career. Speaking of the other side of that coin, Lamar Jackson as a seven-point favorite or higher. Incredible straight-up record, 22-4. and four, But in terms of covering the spread, 12-14. and 14. ATS and Lamar Jackson versus teams below 500, 13 and 14. ATS the under probably going to be a look for me here. It's a low total, but seven straight Broncos games have gone under. Ten of the Broncos' last 11 games have gone under the total. The Browns take on the Texans in Deshaun Watson's return to the NFL. The Browns laying seven. On the road, I don't think I don't think Deshaun is going to be a major factor in this game. I know that's what everyone's tuning in to see. They all want to see, oh, let's see Deshaun against his old team. He'll go out there and throw for four hundred. I don't think so. The reason why the Browns have been successful this year is they've stuck to what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, they're all, the reason why their offense has been successful. The Browns yeah, haven't yeah. been terribly successful, but their offense has. They're one of the best running teams in the league. The Texans thirtieth in DVOA against the run. Browns are also, I think they're 31st. So, yeah, they're they're a bad run uh, defense as well. But the Texans don't run the ball nearly as well. D- Damian Pierce, the last two games, 15 carries for 16 yards. Uh, I-, I think that while everyone's expecting Deshaun to kind of force action, his first game back after a long layoff, mm-hmm. just hand the ball off, get yourself a win, get out of town, and get you know he's got his accusers up there in the press know, box or in the, in the suite. It's going to be a very uncomfortable situation. But it's Browns or pass for me. I would agree with that. Maybe Browns in a teaser. I don't hate that. Tease them down. I don't hate that. Texans are tanking. They are. They they just need well, a quarterback. I, you know what's really funny about this when you say tanking? This is the one game that the Texans would like to win. I know because by winning, if they win this game, they'll still be in control of the first pick overall, and. The Browns pick, which they own, improves. So ah, good, good point. <laughs> yeah, it gets them better in both ways. Okay, so maybe don't tease the Browns. Maybe we get the best <laughs> of the Houston Texans here. Uh, the Seahawks take on the Rams. Seattle laying seven in L.A. The Rams are so banged up, and it just this means money is coming in on the Rams. It just, but it, it just because uh, maybe is Stafford playing? Is no, that why? no Matt Stafford, no Cooper Cup, no, no Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald, no Allen Robinson. These guys are done. Yeah. The, they've, they've got nothing to play for. Rams 0-5 as a dog this year. The Seahawks are now in a dog fight for a playoff spot. The Rams look like they're mailing it in. Aaron Donald is about to miss the first game of first his career. First time in his career, yeah. Do you think this is the most hurt Aaron Donald's been in his Absolutely career? Not. There's no way. The Rams just aren't interested in winning games right now. Uh, I, 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 don't see, I don't see them giving much of an effort here. If the Rams end up with a top pick, where do they go? 
If the Rams end up with a top pick, it goes to the Detroit Lions, I believe. Because of the Stafford trade yeah. and the Goff trade? And you know what? That's that's that that's actually incentive for Detroit to win. Right? Because <laughs> yeah. we want to talk about Detroit being in tank mode, but no, Detroit will get their quarterback with the Rams pick. Yeah, they're not so, worried about their pick. No, they're not worried about their pick. So it's like a twofold thing here. There's a couple teams that are their first round picks are gone that ended up being really bad situations. The Seattle Seahawks right now own the Denver Broncos pick, which if the season ended today, oh my God, would be the third, be the third pick. overall pick. Yeah, and the Philadelphia Eagles own the Saints' first round pick, yep. and that's going to be a top ten pick as well. It looks like so. That's a that's tough to see when you're one of these real bad teams, knowing that you don't have that pick at the end of the rainbow. Absolutely. All right, let's move along. The Dolphins take on the 49ers, and San Fran laying four at home. Yeah, I'm concerned about the offensive line situation for the Dolphins. Uh, Austin Jackson and and Teron Armstead both. You know, one's not going to play for sure. The other super questionable to play. When Armstead left the game against the Texans. He missed a fourth quarter. Tua took four sacks in that game, so or in that in that quarter. Uh, the Niners, of course, tenth in pass rush, third in coverage. So if anyone's built to slow down the quick passing game, the Niners feel like that team. Uh, a lot of familiarity with these coaches here. I don't have anything that jumps off the page. I just, I, I both these teams are buy on teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just believe the 49ers are, are a better, a more complete team. Uh, I would be worried if if C-Mac is limited or doesn't play, especially with, you know, they're, they don't have the two-headed monster this week. So if C-Mac doesn't play, I don't know how they run the ball. I think the Dolphins are too good to lose this game by more than a field goal. Uh, I, I I know that they've had some ugly games before, but you know missing Tua is a different, a completely different sure. animal than playing this game uh, with Tua. Uh, I, it's so funny we say that because at the beginning of the season, people thought Tua wasn't it wasn't even a. a real I took him in our NFL. quarterback draft. I know, but I'm I'm saying the general consensus was. Tua, he's he's a bust. It's lefty bias. It's just weird looking. Yeah. Uh, here's the here's the thing. I understand it's, you want to call it the student versus the teacher, whatever, McDaniel against uh, Kyle Shanahan. Very different, though. Like, the way they the way they call plays is of very course. different. Of course. But here's what I think. I think Mike McDaniel actually has the advantage here because Mike McDaniel is going to line. He's been so creative with this Dolphins offense that they're going to line up in, in certain looks that Kyle Shanahan's going to recognize and and or the 49ers defensive staff is going to recognize. And he's going to run a completely different play out of a similar look. So I think that the mind game, if you will, I give the advantage to McDaniel over the 49ers staff. In a way, I see what you're saying, but I'd give up that mind game advantage to have the the top-level defense on my side versus what the Dolphins have. Tua also, though, gets the the ball out according to PFF, second quickest than anybody in the NFL. And so how do you you mitigate a pass rush? You get the ball out quickly. But but that's where the, the Niners having a great coverage unit comes into play. Because if if they've only got to cover for three seconds, would you sign great. up? For, would you sign up for this to be the Super Bowl? No, I, I don't believe the Dolphins defensively are good enough to be in the Super Bowl. Okay, but if if the Dolphins upset the Chiefs or the Bills or let's say Bills Chiefs play each other, they, that one of them knocks each other out, Dolphins wind up winning the game. You end up with this Super Bowl. Are you happy watching this game? Oh yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Sit back. It'll be fun. Enjoy this game. I, I think this game's going to be fun. The Chiefs and the Bengals take on each other in what could be the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Who knows? Heck, we've seen it before. Uh, the Chiefs have a long injury report right now. Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, all their wide receivers listed on the injury report. And that's where they're down to one and a half now. Yeah, multiple offensive linemen on the report. Uh, meanwhile, Cincinnati's getting good news. Jamar Chase 
it, he said after practice yesterday, I'm, I wouldn't even be practicing if I wasn't 100% mm-hmm. ready to play. He's like, I'm clear. I'm ready to go. Joe Mixon looks like he's going to play. Uh, and they had both their starting defensive tackles at practice for the first time in a month. Josh Tapuo, a full participant. DJ Reader's been limited. Uh, but if they have those guys and Kansas City's missing weapons on the offensive side, the last two games and the two matchups that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have played against Kansas City, Jamar Chase has averaged. This is an average two games. Mm -hmm. Eight catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns. That's his average against the Chiefs. Jamar Chase owns this team. (laughs) Joe Burrow has owned this team. 2-0 against the Chiefs. It's Bengals or pass for me. You worried about a little revenge, though? No. No revenge? Okay. No. All right. Let's go Chargers and Raiders in a game that— The Chiefs sh- don't think about revenge. The Chiefs are the hunted. Yeah. You know? Raiders, Chargers in a game that should be a shootout at Allegiant Stadium, which is the second best over stadium in the NFL since the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. I think there's a lot of points here. I, I think you've seen—and RJ kind of—he he did disagreed with me. He thought Justin Herbert was bad last week. I, I thought Justin Herbert was fantastic against the Cardinals. Well, he's a different quarterback when Keenan Allen's on the 100%. Field. The last two games, two of his three best QBR games of the season, what do those two games have in common? Oh, Keenan Allen was on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that most while well, most power ratings have the Raiders as an average team, they are 32nd in DVOA on defense, 32nd pass DVOA yeah, on they can't defense, defend the pass, yeah. and bottom 10 in coverage and pass rush on PFF. I get being skeptical of the Chargers, but at least they have an injury excuse for why they've underperformed this year. I don't know that the Raiders have that, and I refuse to buy high on the Raiders, which is what you'd have to do right now. Cowboys laying 10 on Sunday night football against the Indianapolis Colts. I think we're starting to see some money come on the Colts, which makes sense to me. 11.5 was kind of an outrageous number. Um, I get the Colts lost to Pittsburgh. I don't think that's going to be a bad loss at the end of the year. We're not going to look at that and go, oh, they lost to Pittsburgh and in what was a close game to the to the very end. Uh, the matchup problems, the matchup, uh, I guess not problems, the matchup advantages seem to favor the Colts. The Colts' def- strength on their defense is stopping the run. That's what the Cowboys want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys' relative weakness is against the run. That's what the Colts want to do. It just feels like Matt Saturday hasn't been blown out yet. Matt Ryan's been blown out once this year. He's lost one start by double digits. I think the Cowboys take care of business here, but 10 points, ooh, that's, a, that's a lot. 11 and a half was an outrageous number. 10 even still feels like a lot. I would agree with that, and that is a look at Sunday week 13 in the NFL. College football championship week is upon us. Get started tonight. We've got three games, although only two of them will decide a championship. Buffalo playing for bowl eligibility in their game. Let's get to some quick news and notes around college football before we break down those games. Blake Corum done for the season. Michigan running back with knee surgery. It's a big blow. It looks like they've got, you know, they've they've got the depth at that position that they're they're going to feel okay. Uh, you know, we saw we saw Donovan Edwards look just like Blake Corum last sure. weekend against Ohio State. But my bigger concern is, I didn't think anybody could beat Georgia to begin with, and now the team that probably had the best shot at doing it is without their best player. It just feels. Let's just give Georgia the trophy, right? <laughs> can we can we do that? Can we stop all this nonsense? Uh, speaking of Michigan, now former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara has transferred. He will be playing next season 
for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That is, let me, let me tell you something. Kirk Ferenz wanted to keep his job. He did exactly what he needed to do. A good way to Got do himself it. a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, McNamara has, I, I, Iowa's offense can't be what it was this year and then be viable. It can't be what. Ever they were with Spencer Petras at quarterback. No, it's terrible. So I, I think McNamara is a big upgrade for them. Uh, Tom Herman, former Houston Cougar, former Texas Longhorn head coach, Tom Herman, gets the head job at Florida Atlantic. Um, didn't really leave either school on the best of terms. <laughs> Not an easy guy to work with by no. all accounts. But when you're Florida Atlantic, beggars can't be choosers. We need a good coach. Tom Herman, one of the best X's and O's guys out there. Yeah, I, I like the hire. I'm curious to see what some other hires come down to. Deion Sanders is going to get a job. I agree. And I think he's waiting until after Jackson State plays their championship game, Yeah, which is coming up, uh, I guess it's on Saturday, right? Um, So I think once that game is over with, he'll make an announcement, he'll make a decision to uh, where he's going to play, where he's going to uh, coach. I think it's down to three schools now. And according to reports, he's like telling recruits too, like that this is what's happening. It's Colorado, Cincinnati, or USF is what reportedly are the three schools. Okay. That's interesting. What's funny is I I don't know what the best of those jobs is. Uh, Mm. I I mean, normally you'd say, well, do you want the Power 5 job? But I don't know how much longer the Pac-12 is a Power 5. Yeah, so – so uh, Kevin O'Donnell of Fox 13 in Tampa said uh, the report was that Dion has been telling recruits that he'll be, quote, at a school on Sunday. Okay. I'll say this. Now, if that report's coming from Tampa, probably South Florida. I, South Florida's the last job I would take. I, I think even in that fertile recruiting ground, you're literally at the bottom of the pecking order. Yeah, but— And Dion can recruit Florida anyway. He but, can recruit Florida from Colorado. He can recruit them think, from Cincinnati. But think about that. Dion takes over at South Florida. He takes over a program that is can only go up. So he, yeah. So there's no there's no downside, right? If he struggles in his first two years, who cares? Yeah. They were they were the worst team, one of the worst teams in college football this year. So who cares? And then if he recruits in-state Florida talent, takes talent away from Florida State and Miami and Florida, and gets them to go to Tampa and go to South Florida. And turns this into a, a, a legit program, man. He can pick any job he wants. Is South Florida in Tampa? Yeah. Is Tampa in South Florida? Yes. I always thought Tampa was kind of like mid Florida. <laughs> uh, Florida's big, man. It is, but like, let, let me let me pull Florida's up a map big, here. You got to think like the Panhandle, like where like Tallahassee is, or or Jacksonville. Like that's really Florida. Tampa's really- literally Central Florida. No. Yeah, yeah, Miami, South Florida. Yeah, Miami, South Florida. South, South Florida. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Get- I would say Orlando, Central Florida. That's also where UCF is. It's right across. <laughs> it's right across from uh, from from uh, Tampa. It's not that far. Yeah, Florida's a big state, man. I'm not. I, a big state. I'm against their geography usage. <laughs> that is not. They should be the University of Western Florida. I'd give them that. <laughs> but even then, the Panhandle throws that off. I don't know. But you can't be South Florida. Yeah, I feel like there's a school in Pensacola that calls themselves Western Florida or something. I, I don't. But I'm telling you, <laughs> if you Eastern look at the Alabama. map. If you look at the map, I would say Tampa is closer to the northern tip of Florida no. than the southern tip. 
No. It's at least close. You can't you can't just say South Oh my god, or... there is a school, the University of West Florida. Well, that's a that's terrible. Okay, okay, okay. South Florida where... should have stolen. <laughs> I got to find out where they're located. Where do you think? We have to guess It's right going to be in the Panhandle. It'll be in like Pensacola or something like that. It's which by the way is nothing like the rest of Florida. It's basically no, it's Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. The University of West Florida, Pensacola. Yeah. I called it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it might as well be Eastern Alabama. Uh, that's why they call it the Florabama Shore. How about that? <laughs> One more note. Uh, there were three spots coming into, into this bowl season, three spots for teams that didn't finish with six wins. Okay. One of those spots, it's been announced, Brett McMurphy reported, will go to New Mexico State, who, if you remember, when San Jose State had a player die, uh, their mm-hmm. game got canceled. So New Mexico State was sitting at five and six. Didn't get to make. They tried to get that game made up. They tried to make it up with anybody. They couldn't f- find someone to play them. So New Mexico State's going to get a bowl game for the first time in one million years. Congratulations <laughs> to New Mexico State. Uh, Buffalo, if they win tonight, they will take one of those spots. And Rice will be the third team that gets a spot based on academic standing amongst teams that are close. That's how they decide. Once if you're real close, uh, smart kids, yeah, you get the gig. Congratulations. That Buffalo Akron game is. One of the games that is not a championship game on the schedule. We'll brush that to the side, and let's talk conference championship games. Yeah, let's talk about the conference USA championship, and we're seeing some money come in on on UTSA. Uh, UTSA now nine-point favorites against North Texas. I like At first, I like the over in this game, but I'm thinking about 69.5 points, and it, it it might be a little too high, too rich for my blood. Do you think we can exceed 70 points? It's getting up there, and the, the first game that they played was really weird because I had the over it in that game. It opened at 65.5. It's now approaching 70. There were nine points scored in the first half of the last game. Mm-hmm. And there were 21 points scored in the last three minutes. <laughs> so it, it's a, it was a really weird game. I, I think that you see more of a. I, I think it's an over type game. 69 and a half. When you know we when we did the college football pot, it was 67 and a half. Yeah. When we were talking about playing over there, I just think the values kind of sucked out of it. I do have a pretty heavy lean to North Texas. I don't know if I'll play it. Uh, if it gets to 10, it's certainly going to be a play for me. Yeah, Frank Harris is the best player on the field for me, and it's a home game for UTSA. So that's kind of the only side that I would look at here pac 12 championship utah usc usc obviously playing for more than just a pac 12 championship but this game was three earlier in the week Mm -hmm. now utah minus two two and a half depending on your book there's been some money on the utes uh, a team that has already proven they can beat usc i didn't like what i saw from utah against oregon and I can't get that I can't get that game out of my head because I wanted to bet Utah in this game. And before the season started, I picked Utah to win the Pac-12. I did too. I have a future ticket. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have a future ticket on. If I did, I'd hedge out of it. But I, I it's hard to hedge out because it was like I know. It, was, it was four to one. Yeah. They were. I mean, it wasn't a long shot play. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you could take you take USC on the money line here. It doesn't really. Do and then what's the you. point of having? I just had a bet for five months. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, you know. Yeah. I I can't get that you that I can't get that Oregon performance out of my head. Cameron Rising was bad. He had passes deflected at the line of scrimmage. He was indecisive with the football, uh, short arming it on on short throws where it was easy first downs that they weren't converting. Bright lights are on here. The game's at Allegiant Stadium. We know Allegiant Stadium is ho- is the second best over stadium in the yeah. NFL. 
could we head could we be headed towards over 67 in this game? I think that's quite possible. I will say if the game is over 67, you probably like USC's chances here. Utah, they they're leaning on their defense. They they're yeah. a top 25 defense uh in coverage uh per PFF. They're 16th in EPA per I do, pass allowed. I do, give, I do give Utah the coaching edge. Uh I do too. And they, they're not going to make it easy for Caleb Williams. This time, no Travis Dye. He was a big factor in the first game. Mm-hmm. Won't be there. The one thing that keeps me away from Utah, because I've said all year long, USC is so lucky. Their turnover luck is insane. Their defense is bad. It's going to cost them. Utah, away from home, not nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Somehow lost to Florida on the road. Like it, it's I, Anthony Richardson, everyone thought he was going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. If Caleb Williams does what Anthony Richardson did, Oregon, uh, Utah's not winning this game. I think the over is the only way I'm going to be looking tonight. That's fair. All right, let's move on to Saturday. We'll TCU. S- we'll s- okay, I knew you'd say TCU. TCU. Uh, and I've said it's it's getting hard for me to bet against them because they, they keep they keep proving me wrong. Uh, TCU two and a half point favorites against Kansas State, but there's got to be in a, in a way there's got to be some confidence for Kansas State. They got out to a 28-10 lead on TCU mm-hmm. the first time they played. I think they were wildly outcoached in the second half. Every drive and the, there were no punts for Kansas State in the second half. It was missed field goal, interception, turnover on downs, missed field goal, interception. One of those plays goes the other way. We're talking about a totally different game. We might not be even talking about TCU going to the playoff. They've got the motivation, though. I, I'd love to find a way to fade TCU again. It's just gotten kind of old for me. Uh, I guess I'll probably I'll be fading them against Michigan. I'm sure if they if they win this one, but I'll I'll have no action on the game here. Uh, maybe the under uh, feels like a good play. It's a very high total, 62 and a half. 29 touchdowns to just three interceptions. Max That's Duggan. Max Duggan. He, this des- year. he deserves to go to New York for the Heisman presentation. He's not going to win it, mm-hmm. but he deserves to be in the room when it's handed out. TCU. It, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be exciting. There'll be some moments of drama, but I trust Sonny Dykes and TCU to get the job done once again. Go undefeated into the College Football Playoff. The Mac Matchin pays off tonight. Over. Uh, <laughs> now this is interesting because this was most of the week one and a half uh, Toledo one and a half. Now there's Toledo three. There's still a couple books hanging on to twos, two and a halves, though. I wanted to be all over Ohio in this game because I've I've been saying I don't think Toledo's that good. But no Curtis Rourke for Ohio just turns me off them completely. Uh, it's it's Toledo or nothing for me, I, I, but I'm with you. The over feels like the play here. And, and this is dropped down from what the total was, so maybe that has to do with oh, yeah, the injuries. Yeah. yeah, not a high-level quarterback mm-hmm. on the Ohio side. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the Sun Belt, the fun belt. We've got Troy, eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Coastal Carolina. I think you and I feel the same way about this game. It's hard to back Coastal without Grayson McCall. Although... There is some drama because Jamie Chatwell has not announced Grayson McCall being out. So there are some people speculating that McCall could actually play in this game. If he does, this line is going to be a massive dip. The problem is we're not going to know until right before kickoff, right? And, and it, the only thing I could say is maybe take a flyer on 
Coastal money line. I'll be honest. I like Troy even if McCall plays. I really do. He's I, not going to be 100%. I, yeah, he's going to be on a bad wheel. It, it just – I, I, I don't I, – I just think that their offensive scheme – like it, they need him out there to have a chance – but if he's not 100%, I, I don't think that that they can do it. And and John Summerall said that his team's preparing as if mm-hmm. McCall's going to play. This is also going to be uh, Jamie Chadwell's last game. Yeah. Because he's, he's taking the Liberty job. Yeah. So, which I don't know how big of an upgrade that is, but to each their own. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of points scored here, uh, especially okay. if McCall's out. SEC championship where, Scott, as you know, it just means more. LSU and Georgia, is there any way LSU comes out of nowhere no. and puts up a fight here, no. or is this just a, a a coronation? This is a coronation. This is Georgia playing at the uh, – I was going to say Georgia Dome – at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a chance to play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the <laughs> semifinal in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, Georgia – They're not going to let that slip away. Georgia's 17.5-point favorites. Uh, I think that – I, if I wanted to play LSU, which I don't have an appetite for, particularly, I mean, they lost to A&M and got blown out by A&M. Mm-hmm. Their offense is so bad at times. They like they they. I shouldn't say that. They just put up clunkers. And Jaden Daniels was in a walking boot last week. Like, I want nothing to do with LSU right now. But if I did, it'd be the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, just like the Georgia Georgia Tech game last week. Georgia Tech made it interesting for a half and then got overwhelmed because they didn't have the offensive firepower, I think that could be the same thing with LSU. First half is 10. Uh, right now, Georgia team total, 34 and a half. Think they get five touchdowns? I think so. Yeah, 35. They I think so. Uh, let's go to the Mountain West. Fresno, Boise. Fresno, a three-point dog on the blue turf, 54 and a half the total. Um, these two teams played once. It was a blowout for Boise. That was without Jake Hayner. That was without team captain Evan Williams at safety. I think the Dogs are a different team right now. I think they have the best player in the conference. I think they have the best team in the conference. I like the Boise story, the turnaround. But give me Fresno with Jake Hayner. Even in the bad weather, the cold, I I like Fresno here. I think I'd lean Fresno as well. I've been impressed with the way that Taylor Green has taken over at quarterback, the redshirt freshman for Boise State. But you're right. You know, Jake Hayner is a difference maker, and and if he's slinging it all over the field, Fresno's never going to be out of the game, and Fresno probably can win this one outright. Uh, The American Championship, Central Florida and Tulane, number pushing towards four Tulane. Uh, And UCF got the win the first time they played. It was three weeks ago. And UCF's looked rough since. They lost to Navy. I told you this on the podcast. They lost to Navy in a game where Navy didn't complete a forward pass. And then they had to fight for their lives against South Florida, which is somehow in Central mm-hmm. Florida, uh, and and win on a touchdown with 20 seconds left in the game. They seemed disinterested. The Bulls ran wild on them. Navy ran wild on them. Tajay Spears in the first game had 130 yards on eight carries left the game and the two lane run offense died when he died. I think a full workload for him and this two lane defense, I think they control this game. Uh, It's starting to get out of my comfort zone. If past four, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to have anything to do with them. I think Tulane is the better team than central Florida. Of course, I thought that a couple weeks ago I I was wrong, but I still, I, I like Tulane here. 
So Gus Malzahn was asked about the status of quarterback John Reese Plumley, and he said, quote, he's playing. He's dealt with this injury for about three to four weeks. He's managed it each week. He's practiced this week and definitely planning on playing. We'll see what happens. We've got some other good quarterbacks if something were to happen, but that's the plan right now. ACC championship, Clemson minus seven and a half against North Carolina, 63 and a half. The total, and it's funny that just two weeks ago, these two teams felt like they were maybe playing for something. Yeah. Uh, like North Carolina had an outside shot at a playoff appearance. Clemson had an inside shot at a playoff appearance. Now they're playing this game for an ACC championship and nothing else. So I like the over. Uh, it has gone up a little bit. I still like the over. And it's probably Clemson for me. Because something's happened with North Carolina over the past couple of weeks that I can't explain. But there has to be a reason why the performance has dipped off so much three consecutive games. It's not like it was just a one-game fluke. It's been repeated uh, repeated week after week, and that means that something's wrong. And finally, the Big Ten Championship, Michigan and Purdue, the Wolverines, 16.5, 17-point favorites, depending on where you shop. And the total in this one sitting at 52 and a half, which is up. They announced, That's funny. They announced Blake Corum's out. The best offensive player in the game is out. Total goes up. Uh, maybe they think they're going to be throwing more and less than running. It, maybe yeah. so. But I, I'll say this. Purdue, if they can't stop the run, this is a blowout. Uh, Donovan Edwards went off against the Buckeye. Now, Purdue's been very good against the run this year. They haven't seen a lot of good running backs. When they did see one, Braylon Allen for Wisconsin, 16 carries, 113 yards. I worry uh, that this this team is going to sell out to stop the run, and if they do, I th- I think McCarthy eats them up on the outside where they they're really weak in the secondary. I think Michigan houses Purdue. I think they call their number. Yeah, and and you and I talked about this in the college football pod when we looked at what Michigan did last year in the Big Ten championship game. Coming off their big win. Exactly. You know, oh, it could be a letdown. You just beat Michigan for the first time. and Or, excuse me, you just beat Ohio State for the first time. And, and, and you got the college football playoff on the horizon. Maybe a possible letdown. Nope, they stomped Iowa last year. So uh, I think we're going to get a similar type of performance from Michigan and, here. And honestly, that Iowa team last year. Much better than this. Better than this Purdue team, Mm -hmm. and they beat them forty-two to three. Yeah, forty-two to three. Think if I told you Blake Corum in that in that game, the uh, the Michigan Iowa game, he had seventy-four yards rushing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. I I mean, now the team had two hundred eleven because the team ended up playing their scrubs the entire game. They didn't have to play. They didn't have to do anything. Yeah. They did what they wanted to do. They just dominated this game. I think they do the same here uh, uh, tomorrow night. I would agree. The UFC is back this weekend, and it's free. It's not not on pay-per-view. You just show up, ESPN Plus. I like that. You watch things. It's always a fun thing. Uh, In Orlando, Florida, some people would call that Central Florida. I'd call it Eastern Central Florida. I'd call Tampa Western Central Florida. Either way, the main event is... Steven, Wonderboy Thompson, and Kevin Holland. I'm going to give a little best bet here. I'm going to go under three and a half rounds. Oh, we're seeing a knockout. Juiced, minus 140. Kevin Holland is going to be so glad that he's in the cage with someone who doesn't want to wrestle him. (laughs) He is going to be thrilled about this. And Steven Thompson, a fantastic striker in his own right. These two guys are going to be banging. Steven Thompson, not nearly as fast as he once was. Kevin Holland, very, very, very fast. 
Kevin Holland wanting to get the bad taste of that Kamzat Shamaya fight out of his out of his mouth. I think that we see some good early violence here. I think someone goes to sleep before we get halfway through the fourth round. Kevin Holland, Stephen Thompson, under three and a half rounds, laying minus 140. There is a pretty big game on the hardwood tonight at Gonzaga against Baylor. And this isn't at Baylor. They're playing in the Pentagon in South Dakota. Why? Uh, it's just a neutral site that they agreed upon. Uh, you know, Mark, Sioux Falls, South yeah. Dakota? Mark Few says, anybody, anywhere? And apparently Baylor said, we'll play in South Dakota. And Gonzaga said, deal, done. By the way, the Pentagon, known as a shooter's paradise, this is the number one and number two offensive efficiency teams in the country per Ken Palm. They will be going, going, going. And Baylor is going to – they're going to be willing to run with Gonzaga. I I, I say this all the time. If you run with Gonzaga, you're making a mistake. Gonzaga's guard play has improved since the beginning of the season. Their turnover woes are a lot less ugly than they were early in the season. And there's two things I can't get past with Baylor right now. Terrible at defending the three. 335th in the country defending the three. And they don't have much of an answer inside for Drew Timmy. I think it's a track meet. I like the over. I like Gonzaga. Full slate in the NBA tonight. But we're watching football. So uh, we'll run through a couple quick ones. The Lakers plus seven and a half at Milwaukee. The Miami Heat plus eight and a half at the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, two and a half point dogs at the Brooklyn Nets. We got just three games on the ice tonight. The Senators at the Rangers, New York, a heavy favorite, 178 with a six and a half total. Predators, fresh off an upset win against the Devils. They tied the game with eight seconds left in regulation last night and then won the game in overtime. Uh, they are dogs in uh, on Long Island to face the Islanders. New York, minus 155, total six and a half. Blue Jackets at the Jets. Winnipeg, a heavy favorite, minus 240, total six and a half. If you'd like to jump on board with any package this weekend, whether it be a college basketball pick, an NHL pick, the UFC card from AJ, all picks this weekend, any package, any weekender, all access, whatever you'd like, 15% off at pregame.com for our listeners using the promo code RISE15. Rise up. Rise15. That's R-I-S-E. 15. Gets you 15% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. For A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.